It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. edition of the tipping point i know some of you might be saying isn't it supposed to be the three the hard way well thanks to the goings on in doodlin doodlin georgia over the weekend the venerable larry goodman who is joining me here uh thought it would be a great idea if we did a uh, special tipping point to strike while the iron was hot, if you will. How are you doing tonight, Larry? I'm doing well. My apologies to Jamie Johnson for stealing his song for the intro to this show. And uh, thank you to uh, Woody and Hankins for yielding their spot this week to uh, let us do this show. Uh, they will be back. We, we haven't worked this out. I'm not, I, I don't know if we'll just go back to they'll be next week and we'll be the following week. That's probably what it'll be. But in any case, thanks to those guys for letting us have this spot. Yes, um, but it, it really was too important not to do. For those of you who um, are not savvy, are not hip to what happened in Dublin, Georgia, I'm going to let Larry talk about that just a little bit. I will say that, um, you know, certainly Georgia wrestling history, uh, a JWH news dot blogs blogspot.com has a little bit of the story uh, scott hudson i saw on facebook wrote sort of an in-depth story including what matches took place um and the disasters that happened during the show um but the sh- but that's that's barely i would say 10 percent of the story is what happened during the show what really happened happened before and after uh larry can you give us a brief summary of what happened well, in dublin I mean, georgia the uh our guest tonight uh francisco chiazzo and stormy yes. lee will give us all the poop uh, as they were there for the whole entire ordeal we, uh, into the wee hours of the morning. But the, the long and the short of it is promoter Greg Green, who had uh, signed a huge number of legends, uh, including uh, Ole Anderson, Arn Anderson, Barry Windham, Tully Blanchard, Nikita Koloff, Ricky Steamboat. Um, there's tons more. Uh, Tammy Sitch, 
for a uh, Legends convention and wrestling show in Dudley, Georgia, which is near Dublin, Georgia. And then come show day on Saturday, he didn't have the money to pay these folks. And then what? it really, un- it real, un- really unraveled from there. Um, yes, you're going to hear a tale of intrigue like few others um, of forced mother stolen checkbooks and uh, the Patriot, the real Patriot, not some indie schlub dressed in a mask, um, getting his due. You're going to hear about Arn Anderson enforcing and all kinds of <laughs> other great things. Larry, now I I would like to comment. Um, I guess we have time probably at the end, but you know, there's been a number of responses to this. Rick Michaels wrote a number of things. Uh, ben Masters wrote something. And uh, I guess I have something to say about the people who are commenting on this, because I honestly find some of the positions people are taking to be, I wouldn't say disturbing, that's too strong of a word. I will say that they're very revealing. And, um, and, and when something like this happens, and I mean, come on, this, this is nobody's first rodeo, right? A, a wrestling promoter, quote unquote, who overextends himself, then doesn't pay off the money, then is sort of like caught flat. Um, but this one, I, I think this one's pretty special. I'm glad we're covering it. I mean, the, the law is involved and all kinds of great stuff. So lots to talk about. What's your, what was the first, your first impression when you heard about all this going down, Larry? Um, I really didn't see how anybody thought this guy in a little town, you know, Dudley has 600 people, Dublin has 15,000. How he was ever going to draw enough people to pay uh, all of these legends, you're talking about a budget that uh, is estimated to be anywhere from 20000 to $30,000. Got to be, got to be, yes. Uh, yeah, probably closer to thirty. Um, and and how how was that going to happen? I mean, it would have had to have been a tremendous crowd. To, so there's that, the, the, the puzzling aspect of, of that. What, what was the thought process behind booking so many people at such high dollars? It was hard to I, – I, with what Ben Masters wrote, apparently he was helping the guy. And I, I gotta say, my you know my 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 love of Ben Masters is known far and wide. But <laughs> for for God's sakes, the the guy had never done anything promoting wrestling before. That's correct, right? Like this was what was his name? Greg Green. This was his sort Greg of first now, foray. I thought, I, maybe somebody can enlighten us. This I thought he had something to do with the passion of wrestling when that ran down there. Possibly, maybe that's not correct. Or did he take okay. over for them? I do not have the detail in that part. And, and yeah, I mean, in Ben's uh, post, he said the, that Greg Green claimed uh, ticket sales uh, of – that he'd sold $10,000 worth of tickets. Well, of course, that wouldn't be barely scratching the surface of what he really needed to sell to, to pay all these folks. Right. Yeah, so. Ben Masters in that post, it was interesting – one, I congratulate Ben Masters on his obviously burgeoning yoga career since he spent the first three sentences sucking his own dick. I, you know, that, that anytime you have a thing like this, it's amazing when people come to the forefront 
and use I mean it's wrestling so people use it as an excuse to f- put themselves over so that was one thing that bothered me the Rick Michaels thing um, you know Rick said everything right on the money the, the boys that that got it together apparently at the behest of Chiazzo Chiazzo apparently was instrumental in organizing the guys booking that card kind of you know rallying the troops and getting it done that is to be commended but then Rick yeah. had this sort of strange yeah. attitude about and he goes, but if you were somebody who, and by the way, the only person, people who kind of bowed out of the thing were people who either heard that the money wasn't there. So, you know, Ricky Steamboat, I think, didn't show up. Davey Richards and Angelina Love didn't show once they heard that it was bogus. Um, but, I mean, even if one of the boys had made the decision of, you know what, I'm not going to wrestle on this show. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I, I think, you know, people are like, oh, you got to do it for the fans and all this shit. You know, recently, the Sons of Anarchy, that show, they in Houston, there was like a con. And it was kind of built around, we're getting the Sons of Anarchy cast together. But it turns out the guy that, not the guy that's in charge of the whole con, but the guy that was in charge of that part of it was totally bogus. So they didn't get paid, like, you know, Charlie, I mean, Charlie Hunan, I mean, he's the star. You know, he goes up to the hotel and they say, oh, well, you don't have a room. You're going to have to pay in cash because the credit card that we have on file is no good and blah, blah, blah. So he started smelling a rat and then they tried to cash their checks and found out they weren't good. And so the, the the Screen Actors Guild or the equivalent thereof told them, you can't do the panel. You can't do this show if you're not getting mm-hmm. paid. And that makes, you know what, uh, as that might sound shitty to people, but uh, I mean, just in the same way, it's great that they went ahead and did the show, I guess. But you can see the flip side of the argument, which is, you know, if we never hold these guys to account, like, you know, basically those fans, it was not their fault um, that the show didn't happen as advertised, I guess, in one sense. But I got to say, I mean, for the boys, like, yes, it's not their fault either, but I don't think anybody should feel obligated to do anything when they, when their end of the deal isn't covered again, kudos to the boys that did wrestle, but I certainly wouldn't blame somebody who did not, or who went, you know what? Fuck this shit. Like you can't do that to me. Um, I, so that's the one part where I disagreed with Rick Michaels. I think having a negative attitude about somebody who basically didn't get what they were promised, so they're not going to do what they were going to do, is perfectly reasonable in a legal and moral sense of senses of those words. You know. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that. I think it's great that uh, they, some folks pulled it together and put on a show for the fans. But I certainly wouldn't fault anybody who decided they didn't want to do that. Yeah, I mean, because think about, uh, I mean, your body is a commodity. And imagine, and thank goodness, I hope this didn't happen. Could you imagine if somebody got a serious injury working for free on that bullshit show? I don't know what I would do, you know? Um, I, I, I mean, how do you, how is Greg Green ever going to make that up? Um, I know Chiazzo and Stormy are supposed to call in soon, and I'm sure they've got a lot of awesome things to say. 
I, I think we may have them on the line now. We have a number of callers trying to get onto the show here, so we'll see. Uh, who? Boy, I hope I hit the right button here, Steve. Let's see. Introduce them and let her rip, Larry. Let her rip. Okay. Hey, what's going on? It's Francisco Chiasso. How are you guys? Yay! All right. Yes, we are now joined by the uh, self-proclaimed Bonnie and Clyde of professional wrestling, Francisco Chiazzo and Stormy Lee. Thank you for uh, doing this very special tipping point with us tonight. Uh, um, no problem. Right now, you just got the Clyde, of, the Clyde of Bonnie and Clyde of professional wrestling. Ah, Stormy's okay. stuck in traffic in downtown Nashville. She'll be here shortly. But she's, right. uh, she wanted me to tell you guys to uh, go ahead and start without her. She's always late, man. She'd be late to her own funeral, bless her heart. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so I'm going to ask the first question. I have to. So you you were with the promoter throughout the night. Is that correct? Like you were with him till the wee hours of the morning? Yeah, we were actually, uh, well, speak of the devil, Stormy Lee just walked in just as I was shitting on her for being stuck in traffic. <laughs> Hi Stormy. Hi, Stormy. Well, um, yeah, I was I was with this uh, scumbag until the wee hours. Oh. Wayne, uh, his girlfriend Mallory, uh, uh-huh. and uh, Mrs. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Yep. Yeah. Are you guys there? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So so oh, so you were with him and his girlfriend Mallory. Yes. No, I, I was with. Uh, it was myself. Stormy Lee, uh, Eric Wayne, uh, his girlfriend Mallory, and uh, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff in this hotel lobby, uh, as well as Paul Eubanks for a short time. Uh, we actually tricked this this retard into coming up to uh, uh, coming up to the hotel lobby. Uh, luckily for us, the uh, the hotel front desk girl was a huge Paul Orndorff fan, and even went to so much to say she was going to sneak herself into his bedroom uh, or into his hotel room, which was, which caught me huge. But uh, they, I guess this, this dummy owed them hundreds upon hundreds of dollars of uh, hotel rooms, which have all declined. $800 worth of hotel rooms, which declined. And um, so, yeah, uh, one of which was mine. The other one was <laughs> Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff's. And uh, so, so anyhow, um, he called. Uh, we got this guy's number, uh, his new number, because he changed his number somehow uh, in between all of this mess. So we ended up getting his new number from Paul Eubanks and uh, the hotel clerk uh, called him and said that she had the cops there, which hadn't come yet, obviously. And uh, they needed to speak with him immediately or they were going to be coming to his house to arrest him. So uh, like a dumb, dumb, he uh, made his way up to the hotel. Um, and, uh, and he, yeah, it's funny. So Stormy actually me. She told him, no, it's okay. Go ahead and pay with a check. So he raced up there. He's like, well, you should have told me that. I could have paid two hours ago. So, uh, yeah, so he comes up there, and, of course, he walks in the front door, and who does he see? But it's uh, all of us, and he about turns seven shades of, of white. I didn't know there was that many colors of white in the universe, <laughs> but uh, he changed all of those colors. And, uh, uh, and, and Paul, you know, poor Paul, he'd been, you know, he was stranded there, poor guy. I'd never met Paul Orndorff before, and uh, he was stranded there all day. This guy promised him, you know, rides here or there. Uh, Paul came, you know, on his good word, and he hadn't eaten all day and was stuck at that venue all day and then, uh, you know, promised the world. And, you know, this is a guy that's you know, paved the way for me and thousands of other guys and girls, you know. Um, I mean, a legend in his own right. Should never be – I mean, nobody should be treated like that anyhow, but let alone somebody like Paul Orndorff. 
And uh, he's standing there, you know, just as calm as could be. And just, you know, he, he looked, he looked dead in, dead at me and said, you know, it's not even about the money. He said, I, I have money. He goes, it's just the principle of it. You know, it's not, it's not right. It's not fair. And uh, this guy, Greg Green, is going on and on and on about uh, something about his event bright and the transfer didn't happen and every excuse under the sun that you could possibly make for not having money. And uh, yeah. uh, proceeded to tell the hotel clerk that, uh, uh, you know, he would pair with a check. And she said, well, no, that was just to get you up here. Um, we're, we're not going to take your check. Uh, you're going to be going to jail. This is theft of services and, and so on and so forth. So uh, that's pretty much the long and short of, of the hotel lobby situation. There's some other things that went on that I, I won't expound upon because uh, the statute of limitations haven't expired uh, on that yet. But uh, needless to say, the cops were called, and uh, they came up there and asked if we had any checks on us. And I had, of course, myself and Tracy Smothers check on me because Tracy, unfortunately, had to leave to go home. Uh, this guy's wife, seeing all of us around him, called the cops. She was the one that ended up calling the cops and ended up mm. getting her boyfriend or, or husband or whatever he is. Uh, in a shitload of trouble. I'm sorry if I can't curse on this. So I apologize. Oh, um, the call, you curse can. away. Oh God. Yeah, yeah. Got in a shitload of trouble as Stormy Lee is. Uh, <laughs> just, Stormy went storming out as she's on the phone and yelling at her in a parking lot, going, "Who are you on the phone with? Who are you gonna get off the phone? Roll your window down. Who are you on the phone with?" And uh, she rolled the window down a little bit and said, "I'm calling the cops." And Stormy's like, "Well, you're an idiot because now that you call the cops, guess who's gonna be getting in trouble? Your guy." So uh, cops show up. Lady cop, uh, two other cops, one looked like a sergeant, and of course they came. They came right to me and 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 asked me if anybody had had uh, had hit Greg Green, and I was like, no, of course not. That would never happen. I mean, I would never. That would never be a part of something like that. <laughs> I mean, I would never ever condone hitting another human for no re- for beating another human. I mean, that's terrible. Never do something like that. So, um, I so think, they, I they, think they, legally though, I think legally he's a wrestling promoter, which means he isn't quite human. Um, so <laughs> that's, true. that's true. That's true. That is definitely the truth. So the, uh, the cops of course started questioning us and asking us what happened. And, and of course I had to hand the checks over to, uh, uh, to the police officer and they oh boy. took pictures of them. And, um, um, you know, they, they talked to us quite a bit about what, what we had seen at the, uh, at the event. And, um, and, and it went from there. And then they started questioning him and the, uh, the, the, the female cop popped me huge because she said, uh, she goes, excuse me, Mr. Green. She goes, can I have your, your mother's phone number? And he was like, well, no, I'll, I'll go ahead and call her. I'll call her. I'll call her. And she goes, no, no, no. I just, I just want her number. I'd like to get her account of, uh, of why you have her checkbook and why you're writing checks on her account. Oh and, boy. Uh, and he about again he turned those same shades of white again, and it was just it was it was a sight to behold. Um, and uh, seeing him start to cry like a little bitch, um, he wasn't crying before when he was writing everybody checks uh, on his mother's account. You know he was uh, when, when he was screwing over everybody under the sun, and uh, you know poor Arn Anderson with the broken chair started the whole thing. Had that chair not broken, and Arn Anderson sat in it, the broken chair, uh, we would have never known that this schmuck didn't have any money. And that's the God's honest truth. So thank God for the, you know that song, thank God for the broken road. Thank God for the broken <laughs> chair because we would have never known. Thank you, Arn Anderson. Um, Larry, if you, if, if you could, I, I've heard a, a couple of things sort of as a post addendum to this part, like that, that apparently a, one, or, one or two of those checks cleared. I guess some people went to try to cash them right away and at least one person's yeah. cleared and something else that I had heard. 
Is that, I mean, is that true? Does anybody know if that's true? Yeah, yeah I think if I'm not mistaken, um, I think uh, Mr. Hughes, I think, cashed his check, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I knew a couple of them would clear because, I mean, you know, I'm sure they had some money in the account. I'm sure they didn't have $15,000 in the account, though. So I don't right. know so many people who have you know, I barely have fifteen dollars in my checking account any given time, let alone fifteen thousand dollars. So, um, but yeah, I think a couple of checks did clear. I can, you know, I think Mr. Hughes is one of them. Um, outside of that, I don't know um, anybody else that that had checks clear. I know uh, uh, Dell Wilkes, uh, you know, said something about uh, his check bounced, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but uh, I'm sure there's and, and there was a lot of guys that just didn't even bother depositing those checks simply because out of out of pure moral, uh, I guess, uh, I, I don't know the right term, but I guess to go against your morals, knowing this, this money was stolen, you know, um, you know, I personally wouldn't have deposited my check. I mean, I'm not going to fault anybody for attempting to do so because you should be getting paid for your work. So, you know, I'm never going to fault anybody for that. I just, uh, I couldn't imagine, you know, sleeping at night knowing that I, I took stolen money. Regardless. Yeah. I mean, cause it's money from his mama, he, you know, like he obviously was, pulling something on his mom as well out of desperation and I mean I've heard all kinds of crazy stories I'm sure Larry will back that up with his own I mean I, I've heard everything from Del Wilkes basically like got his money <laughs> from the from the uh, box office which is like well here's my money shoop to like Arn Anderson got his car keys to all kinds of awesome shit oh yeah, um, yeah. Arn Anderson kidnapped him yeah, he, uh, he, he took his car keys, and then if I it, it, the story I heard was once Arn realized what was going on, and he ended up taking off afterwards. I think he took his keys to Charlotte with him, so the schmuck has no car keys either. <laughs> and probably yeah, cut a he, cut a promo on him while wearing blue blockers. Gave him the full gave him the full treatment. <laughs> hey, uh, Francisco, for those those that don't know, explain how the uh, chair thing kicked this whole thing off. Yes, please. Well, well, you know, I, I, I wasn't I wasn't there for that that portion of it. I came shortly after that. Chris Nelms had called me right after that happened. From what I understand, and from what everyone had told me, um, Arn was 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 talking to him about money and when they were going to get paid, and because uh, no one had gotten had gotten paid yet, you know, um, up until that point. And these, you know, a lot of these legends and and so on, uh, you know, I'm sure they asked for deposits and. And so on, and I'm not sure what their deal was, or if they got deposits, or they didn't get deposits, or what the deal was for that day. But they never, they never got paid. And I think Arn went to sit down, and uh, this this dummy gave Arn a chair to sit in, and the chair was broken, and Arn fucking took a back bump off the chair, and the whole thing. I mean, it's 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 comedic in a sense to think that big tough Arn Anderson sat in a broken chair, but thank God for that broken chair because if not, we would have never known that this asshole had no money. Wow, you know, and uh, and and that's when Arn and, and apparently, from what I understand, Arn sat up and goes, "You stupid, you know, something like you stupid son of a bitch." Now you know you owe me X amount of dollars. Well, guess what? I'm going to put a thousand dollars on top of that for the broken chair and making me fall out of it. And uh, and that's when this guy started stutter stepping and, and saying how much he. Well, I don't have money. Uh, well, I can get you the money. Oh I boy, the I, I have to go to the ATM. And of course, you're in a room full of pro wrestling legends. So all of a sudden, when you say you don't have money their ears perk up like a cat, you know, they're like, what do you mean you don't have money? You know, I mean, there's, you know, a few dozen people there, guys and girls um, who would flown in from everywhere. And now you're going to tell them that they don't have money. So immediately they probably start thinking, well, shit, my flight's going to be uh, declined or uh, canceled. You know, uh, am I going to be able to get home? 
you know, all kinds of shit probably started running through their minds, you know? I guess at this point, because um, I know there's so much more to the story, and I definitely want to hear from Stormy and get her perspective on stuff, including uh, talking to talking to a girlfriend uh, or wife or whoever she was. But I think this is a good time um, for me, Kiazzo, and Larry to just go around. Uh, let's do this. Let's each give one rule of being a decent human being as a promoter just so because most of the people who listen to this show are wrestling people. And I think it behooves us to just go over these simple fucking things one more time. So they're captured for posterity. So there are no excuses for somebody to say, well, I just didn't really know what I was doing. If you don't know what you're doing, here's rule. Here's a rule. Rule number one, if you can't pay for everything before the show starts, then don't do a show. If you're having to watch the door to count money as it rolls in, don't do a show. That's my first one. Larry, what's a good rule of thumb to avoid this situation as a promoter in the future for other guys? Well, I mean, you just said it. I mean, that's what I was going to say. I mean, that that's the obvious one. You got the money to pay everybody before you open the door or you don't do the show. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> – I'm sure yeah. Francisco could throw in a couple others. Well, here's, here's one. You know, don't yeah. overextend yourself, man. You know, I mean, I looked at this poster, and, yeah. I mean, it was yeah. literally like I died and went to, like, wrestling heaven. I mean, I marked out looking at this flyer because, I mean, I've, I've been wrestling 17 years, and I've, I've met just about, you know, everybody that I was a huge fan of. Uh, been fortunate enough to do so, but there was a couple on there that I was like, "Holy shit! Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to meet one man gang, you know? Like this is cool. I mean, you call me a mark or whatever, but I get excited about stuff like that. These guys were a huge part of my childhood and a huge reason why I do what I do and and why I got into this. And to be able to meet some of these guys was cool as hell to me. But I'm going down here and I'm looking and I'm going, "Wow, man, this is." you're looking at like 40 grand, like easily, like that's without like, that's without like flights. Hotel, you're right. Without the, without the associated expenses which kills you as bad as yeah. anything, of course. I mean, not for nothing guys. I, I drive, I, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, I get paid pretty well for being an independent, you know, pro wrestler. And I was driving from Ripley, Mississippi, uh, from a, from a, so we did the night before and, I was getting paid pretty damn well. So if I was getting paid what I was getting paid, I can't imagine what these legends were getting. I can't imagine. And when I shot him my price, he didn't even balk at it. Like that should have even, cause I really, honestly, I didn't want to work. I, I was kind of like, Ugh, I want the night off. I'd like to be able to spend a weekend to try to finish unpacking in Nashville since we've been here for a month. And, um, and, you know, but I was, I shot him a really high price and he like bid on it. Like I shot him a $20 payday. And I was like, uh, shit, Stormy, I guess we got to go to Georgia tomorrow, you know, or, or in two days, you know. And that should have been the first red flag. Uh, but yeah. then I thought to myself, well, maybe this guy, like, found a bag of money or maybe he robbed a bank or – because I don't see any sponsors. Like, usually you see – like, when you see these shows in Jersey and Philly and New York, like these guys, <laughs> Right, they, they, they like, found somebody to put up the money, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, this is – sponsors. You know? And I don't, I, and I don't want this to turn. What I'm going to say next will sound like I'm kind of blaming the victim, as it were. But man, I, you know, I've been doing wrestling stuff a long time. I know you have as well, and and a lot of other people have too. And it just, 
there's just an old adage that applies to wrestling as much as anything, which is if it looks too good to be true, it probably is. And yeah. uh, I was I was surprised. I mean, it didn't surprise me that Davy Richards and Angelina were not did not show up. Because they, they, I mean, like he, he's like super paranoid. Like he, he, yeah. you don't, he doesn't want to get took yeah. ever. So any, yeah, you know, I've met, I, I've met him a couple of times. He's a weird bird, but he's, he's, he's a yeah. different, you know, he's a business guy, you know, and it's not a bad thing to be that way. Um, you know, it, it's, you know, it's been a long time since I've had this happen to me. The last time I, had I, this happen I, to I me, know, man, I, I, I slammed the promoter's head in a locker. Like, I opened the locker, I put his head in the locker, and I slammed the locker door on it. That's the last time this happened to me, and that was 12 years ago, you know? So, I mean, it, it's – it's, and that's not putting myself over by no stretch because I don't condone that kind of thing at all. But, you know, when, when you're doing this, like, I, this is what I do for a living now. So, you know, this is, this is money that I pay my bills with and, and try to live with and pay car payments and so on. So, you know, I take it very personally so I can, I can understand where these legends were coming from but I, I also understand what you're saying. Like, you know, they, they're not, not blaming the victim, but just like, for instance, you know, um, if you're a, and I'm probably going to get heat for saying this, but whatever, I get heat anyway. Uh, sure. If a woman goes to a club by herself, gets wasted, drunk, starts popping pills or whatever, and then God forbid she gets raped in an alleyway, you don't blame the victim. It's not, nobody deserves to get raped or murdered or killed, but if you're putting yourself in a situation and you're not paying attention, you're going to be more apt for things to happen. And, and, you know, granted, that's not necessarily the same thing. Some people might say, oh, you're talking about apples and oranges. You just have to be aware. And, and, you know, but when I saw all the people that were on there, the flip side to that is I go, well, you know, Art Anderson's on there and one man gang and all these guys, I'm sure they got deposits. I'm sure money's coming from somewhere. So I'm sure the money's going to be there. Nobody would possibly book a card like this uh, and not have the money. Well, ha ha on us. You know, thank you for the broken chair because, you know, we would have never known. Yeah, I think, you know, having all your money, like you should be able to pay everybody. And and when shit goes south, I don't know why this is such a bad thing. If shit is going south, and this goes for any number of promoters in Georgia that continue to run shows when everybody knows they're losing their ass and they're fucking selling everything to keep going, like – it's oh, the world will live without your wrestling show. That sounds crazy for me to say. The world will no, live without true. your wrestling show, and uh, and better and people bitch all the time. Like wrestlers go like, "Oh, this motherfucker canceled at the last second, and I could have got another booking." All true, and but we're not talking about mature human beings. We're talking about wrestling promoters. So no, you're right. better you're right. better for the, better for them to cancel than to some for some debacle like Saturday to happen. Because it's no, funny right. how these. It's funny how these things work out because not only, I mean, we haven't even gotten to the show itself, the fucking lights going out, the fucking toilets. Like, it's oh, funny man. how those things work out, you know. It's when it rains, well, it, it pours, it, man. It, it's it just, absolutely does. And, and the toilet was Tracy Smothers' fault, by the way. I love Tracy. It's a battle. Everybody dies. It was his fault. He pooped in the toilet. It was his fault. Um, that was my night. But, uh, no, it was it was it was crazy, man. It's it's you know I've had promoters cancel on me, and um, in fact, Paul Eubanks, one of the the guy that kind of stepped up and and kind of you know took the reins of the show, um, he canceled on me a few months back. But he's such a pro, um, he canceled on me about about two weeks before the event, and he ended up you know paying me minus my trans. You know that's a pro. That's how you handle business, and that's how you you know I'll go above and beyond for that promoter. And you know he's one of the guys where I don't even count my envelope when I leave the building because I know it's there. 
I don't have to worry about stuff like that. But when I, you know, this is a big lesson learned for me. And now, you know, I know I'm an independent guy and I'm not a big name and so on and so forth. But, you know, when I start working for new promoters because of this situation, I'm going to ask for a PayPal deposit. And if I can't get it, then I just won't work the event. Like you said, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take words out of, you know, what, what you just said. Um, I'll, my life will go on without that event. So, you know, if I don't get – if that promoter won't pay, then the next one will. And, and if nobody does, then I'll just stay at home and, and, and work the events that I work now and not have to get, you know, taken for a ride, you know? Yeah, man. But, oh, God. Um, I, I got to say, too, you know, don't overreach is such good advice. Another thing for promoters is, man, I, you just, just get your ducks – in a row. That's all I can say. Like hotels should be paid for. And again, if you feel like, God, I'm, I'm losing it. I can't afford this. You can't. The good, that's the good mature lesson. If you ever feel scared or ever feel like, and I mean, I've been promoting a long time and I've experienced like super highs, super lows, you know, book shows that had tens of thousands of dollars in a budget. It's fucking terrifying. But if you can't do it, don't. And not that anybody doesn't make, I mean, I made mistakes, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, I mean, that guy, he's ruined and he deserves to be ruined. Um, And I mean, and for what, what miracle did he think was going to take place? Larry, can you, I mean, you've been around a lot of promoters. You've seen a lot of shady somethings. Um, Like, what is the mentality of a guy like Greg Green to go through with the event? And then he shows up. That's what I find amazing. Like, you know, like, what did he think was going to – that's what stuns me. Hope hope is not a strategy. And I I don't know what kind of delusional hopes he had, how he could possibly have – Pull this off. It's it's hard to get inside the the mind that the mind of somebody who would who would put themselves in this situation. I I, I can't get it. Uh, a, a couple points. Um, actually, Hughes, yeah. Mr. Hughes, uh, wound up driving to the uh, AWE show where I was, and uh, no, he did not get a his check did not clear. He did not have a check that cleared. Um, and some some of the legends, of course, did get deposits, so they weren't completely out. Uh, with zero, I, I know that I, apparently Orndorff wasn't one of those, but some of them did get deposits. But um, Francisco, could you walk us through the, like the mechanics of? So this is going down, and and a lot of the wrestlers, including you, decided to go ahead with the show. Could you yes. just talk us through that 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 part of it? Yeah, well, the the you know I, I went to my car to get a little bit of a break, um, and uh, so Stormy came out to get me and said that Paul Eubanks wanted to speak with me inside. So uh, I came walking inside, and Tyson Dean was inside, uh, NWA North American champion Tyson Dean, and uh, Logan Creed, and um, uh, Zane, Zane Stevens also. So um, we kind of met, uh, that, that group of people met, and uh, we, you know, Paul looked at me and said, well, what do you want to do, Frankie? And I said, well, I said, there's actually a good house coming in there. Yeah, I mean, good house, and when I say good house, it was a decent little indie house. It's not the Staples Center, but it was a decent little indie house. Home. Yeah, there was, yeah, Stormy just said, there was a lot of people that went home. Um, but there, uh, uh, you know, there were a lot of fans that stuck around, you know, waiting, you know, to see what was going to happen. And, uh, I said, man, I said, these people paid, this is a little town, you know, these people paid to see us, let's go give them a show, you know, and we'll, I'll talk to the boys, see who wants to stay, who wants to go. Nobody's going to fault anybody for going. Um, I explained to everybody that it was going to be paid off the door. 
They don't have to stay. No one's going to get heat. No one's going to think anything less of anybody for not staying. But if you want to stay, here's the deal. And we laid out everything from soup to nuts. And uh, I grabbed a piece of chalk, and it was like Sunday school. And there was a chalkboard in there, and I just wrote everybody's name that was staying <laughs> and everybody's name who was going – or not, not going, but everyone's name who was staying. And uh, Scott Hudson sat next to me and uh, Tom Pritchard, and they, we kind of talked and we're joking. And as I was going through the card and making matches, and, uh, and B. Brian Blair got there, and, and first words out of his mouth when he walked in, he looked right at me. He goes, all right, Frankie, who do I got? And I couldn't believe it. You know, I was like, wow, this is B. Brian Blair, you know, and he's going to stick around and stay and work and regardless. And I was like, man, that's a, that's a top-notch class act, you know, in my book. And, again, I'm not saying that the gentlemen that left aren't class acts because they all are. Um, again, I'm not faulting for anybody for not going or, or not, not staying, you know. It's, um, I think I heard earlier when I first called in, you know, um, I can't remember which one of you said it, but said, uh, you know, you know, people put their bodies on the line. They can't be expected to work for free or something along those lines. And you're absolutely right. You're 100% right. You know, God forbid somebody would have gotten hurt seriously working for free or, or working for next to free or whatever the case may be. And uh, uh, you're 100% right. You know, we made the conscious decision to do it. Doesn't make us heroes. Doesn't make us any better than anybody else. Um, it's just something we made a conscious decision to do. Um, I've been getting messages from fans thanking me. You know, and, and my response to them is, you know, that no thanks are needed. You know, um, I did what I did, and I made the decision to do so. And, um, you know, but there's no real thanks, you know, um, it, it, you know, as far as I'm concerned. I don't need thanks for that. You know, um, my thanks is really to them for buying the tickets and being able to do what I do. Uh, so we put together the show, put together the card, and uh, I think it was a, a five-match card, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, uh, Stormy got with Paul Eubanks and, and handled – Whatever was coming in the door, she decided to uh, to kind of help him with that rather than accompany me to the ring, which was fine because Paul needed some help with the door and, and kind of uh, Mallory, Eric's girlfriend, helped out as well with uh, uh, working the merch tables and making sure things were taken care of there. Um, so we kind of – everybody kind of band together and made it happen for, for the people and that's and for the fans and the kids that were there. Um, and, it, you know, it actually ran fairly smoothly uh, until the lights went out in Georgia – and then, uh, and it was, uh, that was, that was a big rib. You know, I was like, we're sitting in the dressing room and Tyson Dean came walking in. He goes, Hey, Frankie, the lights are off. And I was like, what? And he said, yeah, we're having a lights out match out there. And I was like, oh shit. And, uh, so the, uh, this monsoon started happening. Uh, my car got hit in the parking lot, by the way, another big rib. Somebody backed into my car, which was tremendous. Oh. So it was like, it was pouring. <laughs> So it was pouring rain. My car got hit. The lights went off. There's cops everywhere. And the show is still going on. We're still freaking putting the show on. So they turned the lights back on. And, of course, they were the old school gym lights. So once they go off, it takes a good 15, 20 minutes for them to come back on. So these, oh cats, my finished God. Match, these cats finished their match in the dark and uh, got out of the ring safely, came to the back. The lights came back on. We had a little intermission and then, uh, and then went on to the two, the two main event matches. And it was uh, – it ran very smoothly, to be quite honest. And everybody got a little something that worked. wasn't nearly what they were promised, but they at least got some gas money and some food to eat. And the show was catered on top of that, but they got some going home money. And then, uh, you know, everybody was happy. You know, there were a few guys that, that, that told me, don't worry about it, just put it back into the pot. Naming names is irrelevant because that's not really the point. But there were some guys that didn't take money, and uh, even from that, and just told it to give the guys 
give the other guys their money. And that was really cool too. You know? Yeah. You know, you're saying like, no thanks are necessary. I I think you guys all should be commended. And in addition to the pay and the catering and whatnot, but here's the thing. I I think it's like, I I think you and I were both at the steel horse show, right? (laughs) (laughs) And like, that was the one vintage show I worked. How fucking great is that? Right. So I'm going to walk for a walker to the ring, be in the corner. I didn't cut a promo. I didn't do anything, but I got to be there for the fucking steel horse show. Right. Yeah. And that's, I mean, what are you doing this for? If not to fucking spice your life up and enrich it. And that, that's what I would say to the guys who, who dipped out, even the legends who dipped out, my God, like, so what did you get? Two hours of sleep or something? Like who gives a fuck? The principle of like, I'm not going to work for free. I get that. At the same time, you, you want to be there when the lights go out. You want to be there when the toilet <laughs> overflows. Like, who yeah, wants to? I, I mean, people people lied and said they were in the fucking towers in nine eleven. You know, just to yeah. be part of something bigger than themselves. And I mean, whatever yeah. we want to say about Greg Green and fuck him, of course. But yeah. at the end of the day, this whole debacle is something that was so big it's so epic i mean i've heard about nothing else i heard from people that i haven't heard from in years texting me of like steve what happened as if i would know but they texted me because it was that big of a deal so of course everything that happened was fucked up and wrong but at the same time man that's a story to tell that's that's one that goes in the book of your life and yeah, fuck, no, yeah, it's yeah. awesome. It's awesome in that it disgusting is. wrestling way. <laughs> so. yeah. No, it, 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 it's, it, it really is, you know, something that went down in, in history and, you know, very, very similar. In fact, it's funny you brought up steel horsing. Um, I, I actually said, I said the last time there was this much buzz over something like negative, like type stuff in the business um, was steel horsing. Like that was, and I was at both, and Stormy looked at me, and she goes, this is all your fault. Like, this is, you're a black guy. Like, this is you. Like, this is all your fault. And I was like, fuck you, man. I didn't, this ain't me. And we, we, she hit me, and then, you know, we swerved off the road, and we all had a laugh about it. But, um, it, it, but it, you know, it, I always say, me and Chase Stevens always talk about this, and I would say only in wrestling. Like, I was going to go to school to be an attorney, you know, and, and, and I was getting ready to go to law school, and, 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 and then I was like, no, ma, grandma, grandpa, I want to be a, I want to be a wrestler. I want to be like Hulk Hogan. Mind you, I'm five foot nothing. So that wasn't going to happen. So, you know, I was like, geez, I don't want to be a wrestler. So I, I quit college to be a wrestler. And I think to myself, you know, God, I'd be making so much money being an attorney. I charge like $800 an hour and sit on my ass and be fat like Jody Peterman, bless his heart. And, uh, <laughs> but I, I decided to be a pro wrestler and, but I wouldn't be having this much fun, man. I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have traveled all over the world, all over to. Uh, well, yeah, we, oh, Stormy, of course, being the girl. We, we, we wouldn't have met. Shut up! I was so, being cute. Yeah, she's Your story's irrelevant. Mine's so, cute. You know, I, I wouldn't have. Who, I would have never ended up in Dudley, Georgia, as an attorney. I mean, who the hell would have went to Dudley, Georgia? You know, I mean, I wouldn't have been standing in the lobby with with Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff and watching Tracy Smothers. Uh, uh, overflow a toilet, you know, that, that, that would never happen. 
Though, though we got to say, to be fair, if you were a criminal defense attorney, you and Stormy still might have met. Well, so. that's true. She's a <laughs> um, can we can we talk to Stormy for a second? I gotta I gotta yeah, ask her. Yeah, I gotta. Matt, Stormy, what? <laughs> so what went down with this girlfriend when she was calling the cops? And how did you know to go over there? And did you just sense something was up, or what? How, how did that go down? Well, so we knew that uh, Arn had taken this guy's keys. So we knew somebody was going to be driving him up and we thought it was going to be a poor schmuck son, you know, and I was just kind of keeping an eye out for, for what was going on and like what car and just making sure there was nobody coming out of cars and stuff. The car pulled up and um, I didn't see anybody in the car. Um, And it said verbal um, altercation may have happened with Greg um, and somebody who wasn't there that night. And um, somebody said that there was a, a girlfriend, there was, there was somebody in the car. And so I immediately stormed outside and went to the passenger side window and knocked on the window. And I was like, who are you on the phone with? And she looks at me like I'm like, she's a deer in headlights. And, uh, 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 and I couldn't hear her because she didn't roll the window down. And I was like, who are you on the phone with? And she's still on the phone and got it on speakerphone. And, um, she is doing this miming to me. Like I'm supposed to understand what the hell she's talking about without words. I was like, use your words. What are you saying? Um, and I kind of got the hint that she was calling the police because it was a, um, I just know, I just had a feeling that she was calling the police. We'll say that. Um, and so I told her, I said, are, are you, are you calling the cops? And she mimes again. And I, 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 like, I don't know what that means. Like, can you use words? Can you talk? I can't hear you. I don't, I don't know what you're saying. And um, so this went on for like three minutes, and she would not open the window. I said, just roll your window down. And she wouldn't roll the window down. I said, if you're, if you're on the phone with the cops, that's a stupid idea. I wouldn't do that if I were you. Hang up the phone. And she looked at me, and she didn't understand. And I said, hang up the phone. Calling the cops is a stupid idea. And if I were you, I wouldn't do it. And she mimes and mimes and mimes. So I knock on the window and I was like, roll your window down. Just crack it. I'm not going to hit you. And this is literally how the conversation went. Because, like, you couldn't hear this girl because she was miming and acting like a deer in headlights and acting like, you know, oh, I don't know what's going on. So all you can hear and see is me (laughs) saying, no, just crack the window. No, I'm not going to hit you. Just crack the window so I can tell you what's going on. No, I'm I'm not going to hit you. Just crack the window. Crack the window. <laughs> roll the freaking window down. Mind you, she's screaming at this woman. So I wouldn't have rolled the goddamn window down either. So <laughs> she, she locks the doors, mind you, too. She she locks the doors, and uh, she cracks the other window. And, I like, I had my hands up like I was being arrested. And I was like, I'm not going to hit you. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just telling you what's going on. So she rolls the window down on the driver's side, not the passenger side. So I, of course, waltz my way over to the driver's side, and I stayed kind of back. And I was like, I'm not coming. And she kind of, like, flinched back. And I was like, I'm not going to hit you. I'm not going to touch you. I'm just telling you what's going on. And I said, your husband is a moron. So you calling the cops, you're both going to jail. So if I were you, I, I wouldn't call the cops, and I would fix your statement. Like, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't call the cops, and I would just cancel it. 
Um, and she looked at me like she hadn't, like, I, I don't know what's going on. And I was like, let me tell you what's going on. Your jackass of a husband wrote $50,000 worth of bad checks today, and he screwed over a lot of people. He is in big, big trouble. You just called the cops. He's going to jail for a long time. So if I were you, I would cancel that police call and drive on your merry way and go somewhere. And she just, the whole time, pretending like she didn't know what I was talking about. I was like, I'm not stupid. You drove him here. I know you know what's going on. Like, I'm not stupid. So just stop playing dumb. Just sit here and let what is happening happen. Like, don't get involved. Don't get involved. Don't be stupid. (laughs) And the guy starts to walk towards the car. So Mallory, Eric Wayne's girlfriend, I love her to death. Her and I are like two peas in a pod. It's hilarious. Um, She he starts walking to the car and almost gets to the passenger side door. And he's telling her, no, just go ahead and go. I'm, I'm going to jail, you know, acting like he, he knew he was in trouble and, and he like, he was just trying to tell her what was going on, but we, we knew he was going for the car. So Mallory goes, get over here. Where do you think you're going? You're not going anywhere and blocks him from getting to the car. So I stood in front of the, the, the truck to make sure that it didn't go anywhere. And Mallory blocked him from the door and made him back down and go back. And she's like, I don't know where you're going. You're not going anywhere. He's like, I'm, I'm going to go get the cash for you guys. And she said, you left three times today for cash. You're not going anywhere. So get back over here and shut up. Wow. <laughs> to, to, to change gears real quick, Larry, um, you wanted to ask, you wanted to ask them something about where they're living now, right? You guys are at the, the wrestler hotel or something? Larry, why, why don't you ask the question? Yeah, I, I was, I've had a couple people uh, question about this Arcadian Wrestling Association and Leah Hulun buying a hotel. Is that where you guys are living now? No, no, no. We don't live out of a hotel, no. Um, the, the, the Arcadian <laughs> Hotel does exist, but it's for okay. – it's basically for the talent. When they come in from out of town, we actually live in Murfreesboro, which is right outside of Nashville. Uh, we've yeah. got a, a beautiful two-story, uh, two-story apartment um, in, in Murfreesboro, uh, Tennessee. But uh, the AWA Hotel was renovated, and it was a building that Leo Hulan had, had already owned and pretty much gutted it uh, from, from top to bottom and uh, uh, redid the whole inside, went and bought something like nine beds, nine dressers, nine nightstands, lamps, fans, AC units, whole nine yards, and revamped the entire thing. Um, rather than uh, get the get all the talent hotels when they come to town, which is uh, kind of unheard of because uh, I mean, hell, WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, they don't even pay for guys' hotels. So um, you know, but she makes sure that her talent is comfortable, and uh, this place is gorgeous. It's really awesome, Larry. If you ever make it to Tennessee, I'll, I'll take you there to give you a tour. Um, it's pretty cool, man. Our AWA crest is all over the place. It's top notch from top to bottom. She's got video games in there for the boys flat screen TVs. She's got, you know, a kitchen, um, you know, microwaves, fridge, you know, the whole nine yards, you know, to make sure that everyone's comfortable and taken care of. And, uh, um, and it's not even done yet. Like it was, um, you know, it's, this is just the beginning stages and she's got some arcade games, like some, those big ones, uh, you know, coming there for the boys and, and, and ladies who stay there. So she, she really goes above and beyond. Great, and I and I want to get to that because I know you're going to be working an Arcadian show this coming weekend. But before we do, um, what can you tell us about the charges pending against uh, Greg Green? Do you have knowledge of what where things stand legally for Greg Green? Uh, I do. In fact, as we're talking, I actually got um, a text from the sheriff um, 
and give me one second. I'm pulling it up right now. I just got a text Woo-hoo. just now, and uh, the sheriff actually just said, I can't wait to get my hands on him. Um, I'll make sure to call his mama if I have to. If given the option, uh, he can go. So I'm going to give him an option to surrender, uh, or I can go hunting. It no makes no difference to me. And um, and the sheriff said uh, uh, the sheriff sent me a text last night. He actually sent Tammy Sitch the same uh, text message. He goes, "I met with the DA. 23 counts of deposit account fraud, 15 counts of forgery, theft by deception, and making false statements. The warrants will be issued tomorrow. That was yesterday. So." Some of, the ish- some of the warrants were issued uh, today and more to follow tomorrow. So if anybody has ever had any dealings with the legal system, this stuff does take a little time. And, he, and his whole point is everyone's wondering, well, why, is it, why isn't he in jail now? Just like anything else, if, you, if you're going after somebody and, and you want to take somebody down big, you don't want to take them down for some little misdemeanor that they're going to bond out for, you know, for $3,000. You know, and, and the cop's a huge wrestling fan on top of that, and, and he was – furious, you know, that, that all of these guys had gotten screwed over, including us and so on. Um, so he's all about taking the son of a bitch down, and, but he wants to do it right. And when he does it, he wants to have so much crap on this guy's head that he's not going to be able to get out from underneath it on like some, some little technicality, you know? Mm, mm. Hey, we've got a uh, caller, area code 727. You're on the tipping point. Guys, this is fascinating to listen how the business works when you're dealing with criminals. This is stuff we never got years ago, guys. This is uh, Bobby the Shooter calling from Tampa, Florida. How is everybody? Really good. Fine, Bobby. Now, guys, I'm not going to keep you long, and I got about halfway through this when, when I started listening. I heard about half the story. This guy made some rubber checks, bounced them to everybody, and we're talking this is for the Legends Fest show that was on the 13th, correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. Isn't the real crime here, and he's right, the wheels do work slow. You want to make sure that you get felonies and all that kind of stuff. You don't want anybody bonding out and, and all that kind of stuff and then beating this or, or doing some house arrest stuff, and then they're out in, in six weeks. But isn't the real crime here that this roster was $50,000? I mean, there's $300 worth of workers here. I mean, the one-man gang, that guy parks cars at Dave & Buster's, doesn't he? I mean, look at some of the Ricky Steamboat. Uh, my 20-year-old son doesn't even know who he is, and Arn Anderson, it, 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 doesn't he have liver cancer or something? I mean, these guys could even work a match. Too Cold Scorpio, isn't he a cook at the Waffle House? I mean, uh, I'm glad you didn't tell that jackass because I was about to I was about to tell him what I'm going to do to his mother when I see her. <laughs> Sorry about that. I know I know what his dad should have done with his mother. Pull out. Yeah, she was, yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it is God, what a fucking story. So insane. So all those counts are coming down. The sheriff's just breathing fire to go get the guy. I gotta oh, imagine wow. uh, do you think do you guys think you're gonna be called to testify in something? I wonder. Probably. I w- probably and I will I actually called the news station, uh I think it's like channel thirteen or something. I called and I gave them my name and number. I might have to drive down to uh, uh, Dudley, Georgia, probably within the next, you know, couple of days, if, <laughs> yeah. if not, if not next week, to uh, to to talk on camera and, and to be on the news and so on. And it's not even, you know, it's not even. It has nothing to do with because I, I know somebody out there is going to go. Oh, he just wants to get himself over. He just wants to put his get his get his shit in. You know, no, he has nothing to do with that. It has to do with with telling the story the right way 
and, and telling the truth about what happened because there's there's uh, there's a thousand different stories. You got guys that are you know there was actually somebody trying to protect this jack off one of his friends, this idiot guy Joel Deaton, and uh, uh, trying to 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 say that he was an upstanding citizen and and he never had this happen before. And and anybody who's looking to protect this schmuck is just is just as bad in my opinion. And and. And, and by the way, he's claiming that he got paid at $750. I got smartened up to who Joel Deaton was. He was one of the Thunderfoots. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who the hell a Joel Deaton is, but I know, I know what a Thunderfoot is. And, uh, but I don't care about your wrestling resume. Wrestling resumes don't mean shit to me when it comes to this stuff. If it was, if it was Ric Flair that did this, I would feel the same way. You know, it, it doesn't make a difference. Your wrestling resume doesn't mean crap when it comes to people getting screwed over because if you were that concerned – about the wrestling business and so on and so forth, that you would never protect a son of a bitch like this that did this to, to your quote-unquote brothers and sisters, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's there's just nothing good to say about Greg Green. And, no. I, again, and, and, you know, it's guys helped him out, and certainly they were probably well-meaning. Uh, but let let that be a lesson as well. I mean, there are guys who weren't involved in pro wrestling, really, when they got into it, but they did it right, right? I'm thinking of, like, Charles Anschutz in particular, right? Mm-hmm. He makes sure the money's right. Like, he, he leaves yeah. you no cause for concern. You show up for your hotel. Oh. It's ready to go and all that good shit. That's how yep. you got to be. And yep. – um, but, I mean, these guys who hook on, I mean, this is going to sound like I'm indicting people. I guess I am. Like, if you're a person who's been involved in wrestling and you're hooking up with the guy because he's putting up the money, but he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, it behooves you. You are there at that point, not only protecting his interests, but the interests of the show and your own reputation as well. And hopefully the next time around, People are checking other people. I, I don't imagine this kind of thing will happen again on this scale for a long time because I think people are going to be a little gun shy and definitely a little wary about this yeah. kind of thing in the future. But man, what a story to tell. I just can't thank you guys enough. Is there anything that you or Stormy want to add here at the end? No, we just uh, we just want to thank you guys for having us on. Um, I'm going to go ahead and show us a little something. Uh, this, uh, this Friday, uh, we're, uh, Arcadian Wrestling is going to be in Spring Hill, uh, Tennessee, and on Saturday we are going to be in Knoxville, Tennessee at the International. Uh, what's the venue we're going to be in Spring Hill, Stormy? Um, the Olympus Gym. Olympus Gym on Friday night, ArcadianWrestling.com. Download our app to, uh, for Android and iOS systems. And our new Bonnie and Clyde merchandise store. See, she doesn't even tell me that stuff. Coffee mugs, license plates. We're going to have all kinds of... We might might even be able to get, like, lingerie with Bonnie and Clyde at Pro Wrestling on it, too. Whatever. (laughs) Hey, and if I could add in, you'll be in uh, Pell City, Alabama for Global the following week, following Saturday? Yeah, we'll be... Yeah, actually, I'm going to be in uh, for Premier Wrestling Federation, which is Steve Carino's uh, promotion in Hubert, North Carolina on the 26th as part of the syndicate in the Slambinos with uh, Anthony Genazzo. And then on Saturday, yeah, I'll be in Pell City for uh, uh, Dan Sawyer and uh, Global Championship Wrestling. So, yeah, we're, we're busy. Uh, we thank you guys. You guys are my legitimately, not that you guys just because it's Larry Goodman and you guys had me on, but you guys are legitimately like my favorite podcast to do because you guys are such pros, man. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Hey, in fact, thank if I could add one more thing, the, the following weekend you'll be in at uh, UIW, uh, and uh, you'll, your, past, 
your path will cross with Joel Deaton. He's also booked for that show. Oh, my oh. God. Oh. Oh. This, this is going to be interesting. This is going to be very, very interesting. Um, and actually, it's funny that you say you, you, you brought up that date uh, for UIW on Friday. Stormy's actually going to be back at Shine. Um, I think it's Shine nice. 38. Nice. In, uh, in, 39, sorry. Sorry, Shine 37. Jesus Christ, she's yelling from the bathroom. And that's going um, to be, gonna be an Ibor? That's going to be an Ibor city? Yeah, it's going to be. A, it, 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 it's, it's Ebor, but yeah, close. Ebor, uh, Ebor yes. I'm, I might have to go to that one. I, I haven't been to a Shine show in a long time. I, need, I it, think I need to go to that one. Yes, it, man. It, it really is awesome, man. The Shine stuff is just – I was never a, a huge, huge fan of women's wrestling. I just, you know, um, it just over the years it just never did a whole lot for me. Um, and, and Stormy and I went to our first Shine show together a few months back uh, as she was getting ready to try out for them, and I was just amazed. Like I was, I became a huge fan of, of of women's wrestling again. And and you know, Crazy Mary Dobson is probably one of my favorites on there. Um, huge fan of Kelly Klein. I know uh, uh, she she works for Shine as well as Women of Honor. So you know, there's so many women wrestlers out there that are doing such good things, and uh, you know, definitely support Shine Shimmer. Um, you know, and, and women of honor, uh, cause there, there's so many talented women out there. It's unbelievable. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for being on and, uh, just fucking laying it all out. It was great. I think anybody who listens to this between this and what Scott Hudson wrote, you really get a sense of what happened. And, uh, it's one of those great memories that you're going to get to carry with you for your entire wrestling career. <laughs> and I mean, a special kudos to you for uh, getting the boys together and managing to pull off a show in what can only be described as disagreeable circumstances, but you made, you yeah. sent a lot of people, yeah. you sent a lot of people home happy. So instead of the story being a blip on the radar of ah, that fucking promoter and that's the end of the story. Now people get to say, were you there in Dublin to yeah. see that crazy <laughs> card? And that's awesome. <laughs> so it, what's better than that? So thank you guys a lot. Thank, thank you. you for having us on. We'll talk to you soon. Thank Larry, you. we'll see you at Southern Fried. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Larry, we need to mark the date that that Dublin show happened this last Saturday. I think, Larry, I know you've always, you're always too smart to put money into wrestling. That's one of the things I like about you. But I think <laughs> we need to... I think we need to run a show in Dublin, Georgia on the anniversary of that show. Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> I think I think it needs to happen, don't you? Yeah, uh, I think that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. If I was man. ever going to put money into wrestling, that would be the one to put in, huh? To oh, back yes. To oh, yes. Going back to Dublin. That's <laughs> what could be better than that. And hire that sheriff to work security. It's a wrap. I mean, I'm going. I'm going. Man. Uh, by the way, uh, Francisco uh, referenced uh, a TV story. WMAZ 13 in Macon is evidently working up a story on this situation. So if you're in Macon and you get WMAZ, or you, look out for it. They might have something coming on this. Yes. And the Cousin Kissing Times, the local paper there in <laughs> Georgia, um, they're not working on a story because they can't write. But (laughs) um, next week, it hasn't been finalized yet, but I think um, because we kind of took over three the hard way spot 
um, that they will likely get ours next Tuesday. But, man, lots of great stuff coming up, indie wrestling-wise, in Georgia. Where are you going to be this weekend, Larry? Do you know? Uh, flipping a coin between Southern Fried and Peach State and Platinum. I'm not sure which one I'm going to go to yet. One of those three. Uh, we do have a last-second caller here. We'll try to give this individual the last word. Yes. Before please. we go off the air here. Is this Mr. Masters? Hello? Hello? I guess he's not there. Oh, well. Larry. Oh, well. Larry, Larry. Hello. Was that him? Hello. I love Frankie. I love his firsthand account. I mean, God knows what would have happened had he not been there. But, Larry, do you remember the guy that ran a few years back and he had this uh, budget issue? I mean, it's just one thing you guys said it'll be a long time before this happens again. You had a feeling. But I don't think so. I think it will happen again <laughs> sooner than sooner than later because it wasn't that long ago and I can't even remember the guy's name. Do you remember that show I worked with Vordell Walker? It was in a high school gymnasium. Wrestling 2 was there and several others and I guess the promoter had put on two or three other events and money wasn't there. Jimmy Ray took his cell phone and threatened to beat him up. Uh, do you remember that? It wasn't that long ago. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't remember that. Five, that six one. years I, back. I don't remember exactly how many years ago no. but the point of this whole thing is uh, it will happen. It'll happen again, and it'll happen within, I'll say, five years. I mean, I know what happened at that t- that particular time that I'm thinking about, and I went to the gate uh, before I even started the show. He said, go ahead and start the show at 7.30. I said, no. I said, I told you, you're the, it's the first time I've worked for you, and I'd like to get my money before I go out. I'm dressed. I'm going to the ring. I want the money before I start the show. So I walked up to the front. He said he was going to write me a check. He pulls out this big book of checks. So I remember Micah Taylor was there. Uh, but anyway, Ron Simmons was supposed to be there. He didn't show up. But I went in the back, and I told all the guys. I said, this guy's writing checks. And every one of them acted like I was stirring up trouble, starting shit. Dan Masters is a problem. Uh, several of the guys, oh, I'm not going to say who, but, I mean, I know that there were people there that I like and some that don't care for me, and that's fine. But uh, they said, get rid of that ring announcer. Well, anyway, I, I went out and I started the show. I came back before the second match, and I went up to the gate, and the blue envelope was up there, the money bag, and I took my money out of it. The lady that was up there, I said, I, I said he told me to come up here, and I got mine straight off the gate. Long story short, every guy there got written a check. I got fired, mind you, at intermission, and he didn't have the balls to do it himself. He had security and uh, a local police officer that was there as security, not as a police officer. But obviously I remember, the, yes, I do remember that show. Now that you give all those details, absolutely that happened. I, I remember. I've been fired from a lot of. I've been fired from a lot of promotions, and my story will be my story. But that was the first time and only time that I've been fired at intermission. I was replaced <laughs> at the midway point, and I, and and they watched me change clothes. And go outside. Now, I was riding with Wardell Walker that night, so I couldn't very well drive off, but I sat in the car. But anyway, at the end of the night, when all the boys were leaving with their checks and going to the stores to cash them, well, you guys already know the end of the story. None yeah. of them cashed. They all bounced. And Dan Masters, the guy that was stirring up shit and causing problems, is the only guy that got paid. <laughs> so See? reading these reports and these accounts, other than the guys that got their deposits, 
Am I correct in saying that Dell Wilkes was the only man that went yes. to the door and got his money? Yes. Well, you are correct. So, so, so I'm going to say this. We're going to make a Hall of Fame right now. A Hall of Fame for um, Bitch Better Have My Money. It's Dell Wilkes. It is you. <laughs> and it is Jeff G. Bailey. That's one of uh, we we got to have Jeff G. on to tell the story. But Jeff G. caught shit because basically he put a took a promoter to task, and all the boys were like, "Jeff, you got to calm the fuck down," and blah blah blah. Jeff right. got his money. Nobody else got theirs. And then they were mad at Jeff because they felt like, "Well, you got your money, you didn't get ours for us." Isn't that something? <laughs> Isn't that something? So, so congratulations on your entry in the Bitch Better Have My Money Hall of Fame. <laughs> I've forgotten more than say Arn Anderson will ever know. I got my money. <laughs> hey, if if he didn't, if he lose a little bit of weight, maybe that chair wouldn't have broken. No double A. <laughs> oh, double A better get on that treadmill. Or he's gonna break a few more chairs in the locker room at WWE. Last thing you're going to see, the last thing you're going to see in this life is a pair of blue blockers and a left hand. You better watch yourself. <laughs> I'll, I'll listen to you guys next time around. Have a good one. All right. Hey, no, 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 Thanks no. One not. last thing. Last thing. Damn last you. Thing. Yes. So I can stir it up on my way out the door. Please let me get one jab out. I've been hanging out here in Long Beach. I did a photo shoot with him, but by God, I hadn't seen him in a few days. Whatever happened to Nigel Sherrod? That's it. See you guys. <laughs> Where is he? <laughs> uh, Larry, any thoughts? Where Nigel? That's a great way to end the show. Where's Nigel Sherrod? Well, that that may be a story for another show. Apparently, things didn't work out as planned with his Wow uh, duties for the you know his duties for the Wow promotion. But that's a story we'll have to get him to tell. Oh well, I was going to guess a bathhouse. Anyway, um, <laughs> thank you for joining us for this very special edition of Tipping Point where we're talking about the debacle in Dublin. Who the fuck named it first, Larry Goodman? I did. The debacle in Dublin. Special thanks to our guest, Frank. Cisco Chiazzo and the lovely Stormy Lee and of course Dan Masters calling in and that fucking guy that we need to stop taking his calls yeah, um, anyway <laughs> anyway Larry thank you uh, thank, thank you for you. doing this I think it's a great public service and now it is a matter of record and it really happened um, anyway please join us next Tuesday whether it is three the hard way with uh, big wood and that son of a bitch Matt Hankins or it is the tipping point we'll let you know very soon and um, as always check check out GWH news and for all of the hot news and uh and show reviews by larry goodman and others any last words larry uh yeah we've got the georgia wrestling history.com domain name back not sure what we're going to do with it yet but we that that has been uh we have regained possession of the name so we'll see Congratulations, Larry. That is really fantastic news. And that's awesome. It's right back where it should belong. Back that's home. right. That's right. Well, have a good night, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the show. And remember, always check your sources and get a deposit when necessary. Thank you for joining us here on The Tipping Point. Damn, did the lights go out?
No, my keyboard malfunctioned. I can't get to the <laughs> outro. Here we Damn go. Damn you, Tracy Smothers. <laughs> yeah, it just, it, just, it just went out on me here. All right, we'll get to it. It's Bear awesome. with me. Here we go. Debacle in Dublin. Oh, nice.
and smoking in the middle of the night and setting off the alarm. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.